Week one, we talked about the word anointing. Anointing is kind of a Bible word, churchy word. Basically, it means empowered. And it's this idea that when God gives us an assignment, when God calls us to do something, thankfully, He also gives us the power to accomplish that assignment. We're anointed to accomplish our assignment. My question as we lead into 2015 is actually whether or not in this beginning of the year, you've been pursuing God to get clarity on what your assignment is. If I was to ask you today, God, for 2015, what's my assignment? Do you know the answer? And if you don't know the answer, that's got to be the starting point. There's no point knowing that God's got power waiting for you if you don't even know how, how you're meant to apply it. And, and, and so there's questions. God, what's my assignment this year? Is it to, to, to lead an Elevate group? Is it to, to join an Elevate team? Is it to, to get out of debt? Is it to, to increase my giving? Is it to, to, to start a business opportunity? Is it to invest into somebody who doesn't know Jesus? Is it to invite somebody that you've been investing in that doesn't know Jesus? It, what's my assignment? Well, the good news is as you pursue God with the question, what's my assignment? He's got power waiting for you to accomplish that assignment. It's called anointing. We talked about ability, that not only do we have, God does, gives us the power to accomplish the assignment, He actually sets us assignments that, that, that we come hardwired with the gifts, the ability to accomplish those assignments. However, the gifts don't come fully assembled. We've actually got to develop those gifts. And we develop those gifts day on day, week on week, month on month, sometimes year on year, to have the capacity to accomplish our assignment. We talked about attitude how important attitude is when it comes to accomplish our assignment, specifically passion. Pa- passion is going to be one of the things that will fuel you not only to get started with your assignment, but to keep going when you experience some obstacles. Because the truth is, the devil will always attack what God anoints. So as you pursue the assignment God's given you, there's going to be some attacks, some battles. I'm going to talk about that today. Passion is going to be one of the things that keeps you going. A passion for God, a passion for the assignment, a passion for seeing Him glorified. One of the things that Jesus said, said, said zeal for your house. He was talking to his dad, God, zeal for your house consumes me. Is that how you feel about God's church? Zealous. Does it consume you? Or is that, you know, two in five Sundays a month, good enough. 20 cents, you know, something that bounces in the buckets, good enough. Or are we consumed by God and by his church and by the assignment that he's given us? Is the question. Last week we talked about approach, how approach matters. That, that the way we tackle our assignment actually matters. And by the way, if you're not convinced, if you were here last week and you're still not convinced that our approach matters, that you think, well, anything goes, any old way will do, it doesn't matter, it matters. Our approach matters. Let me, let me, let me add a little bit of fuel to the fire. Uh, December last year, a new company was birthed out of Las Vegas, not a casino, a new company called SendGlitterToYourEnemies.com. Don't know if you know about this company. Uh, they launched in December, sendglittertoyourenemies.com. It's an internet-based business. Launched in December, so it's only two months old now. And I'll just, I'll just read their, uh, their product guarantee or their service guarantee directly from their website. This is what sendglittertoyourenemies.com will do for you. You give us money. 
We send an envelope with a ton of glitter. They don't use the word ton. They use another word that starts with S. But I've made this the PG version. The person opens the letter. Glitter goes flying everywhere. Day ruined. And uh, so the, the prices range from four ninety nine. It's a global service, so you can have uh, enemies anywhere on the planet, and you can send glitter to them. Uh, prices start at four ninety nine for just a basic envelope with a ton of glitter, uh, right up to to twelve ninety nine, where you actually they actually get get a, a a personalized note sent in in the envelope with the glitter. But and if you don't think there's there's a demand for this type of business, their website crashed in the first week of launching because of the demand. Um, but, 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 but here's the thing, and this is why I think this service was so popular, is because the approach mattered. The, the, the glitter bomb gets sent to your enemy anonymously. Not even from your postal address, not even if you're in Australia, from your country. $4.99 to $12.99. If you ever get an envelope full of glitter... It was me. And you're welcome. I want to drill down. And actually what I want to do, today's message is actually kind of part two of last week's message. So if you weren't here last week or if you're first time guest today, go onto our website. You can click through to our podcast, to iTunes, and, and, it'll, and it'll make a lot more sense of today. But uh, open up your Bible app and uh, I'm going to read something. We actually read last week, but it's a little short excerpt from this story recorded around David tackling a giant, an enemy named Goliath. And it's recorded in First Samuel chapter 17 and in verse 45. And basically the context, just to, just to catch you up if you weren't here, the context is that David is a part of the nation of Israel. And the nation of Israel at the time were God's chosen people. So God was on their side. And one of their mortal enemies... Uh, was a nation called Philistia, or the Philistines. And the army of Israel were across a valley at the particular point in time from the nation of Philistia, or the army of Philistia. And they were, they were actually at a standoff. And uh, Philistia had decided that rather than just go charging into the valley and, and blood and guts everywhere, they'd actually engage in what's called representative combat, that, that Philistia would choose one representative from the army to take on one representative from uh, Israel. And whoever won the, the, the mano a mano battle, they, in representing their nation, that nation would claim victory. And so Philistia sent out their, their, their biggest, bravest, baddest warrior, a guy named Goliath, who history says stood somewhere between seven and nine feet tall, you know, NBA material, massive, and uh, accomplished uh, uh, warrior. And, uh, and, and no one from Israel would actually step up to take him on. They were so intimidated. They were so full of fear. And for 40 days, every day, Goliath would step out in front of the, the, the army of Philistia and taunt the Israelites, call them out, trash talk them. You know, come out, send your representative. I'm ready. I'll take them on. I'll kill them. I'll smash them. And that sort of deal. And Israel, despite having God on their side for 40 days, never, nobody volunteered for the assignment. Okay? Now, David had 11 brothers. All of his 11 brothers had been drafted into the army. They were their part of the battle. He hadn't been drafted because he was too young. So he kept up with his, his day job, which was a part-time shepherd looking after sheep for his old man. 
particular point in history, just before this story here, David's old man said to David, called him in from the field, said, I want, tomorrow I want you to go and, 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 and visit your brothers and send them a little, little uh, cheese on toast uh, to, 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 um, you know, as a kind of a gift to them. And, and, and then bring back some news to me. You know, I want to know what's going on. So little teenage David, too young to join the army, the next morning with passion did what his dad asked him, trundled off with the little, you know, Domino's uh, bag over, his, over his, uh, the back of his uh, donkey, um, one of the first mopeds, and, um, and, and, and went there and, uh, and heard about what was going on. And got so intrigued, so excited that he, that he left the, the bread and cheese with the, with the steward uh, at, at the mess tent and ran to the front lines. Found his brothers there. His brothers started, you know, hating on him, dogging on him. Hey, David, what are you doing here? Who's looking after the sheep? Get back home. Go, get back to work. You're not meant to be here. And uh, fast forward. This is at the end of 40 days of Goliath taunting the Israelites. David decided that he was going to step up and represent Israel uh, in the battle and take on Goliath. An, an untrained, undrafted, underage, you know, wouldn't even let a drink, this kid, right? Uh, legally. And uh, he said, I, I, look, you know, you're all standing around saying Goliath's, you know, too big to destroy. I'm thinking he's too big to miss. And uh, I've, I've taken on a lion with my little, little sling and I've got pretty good at it. And then I graduated. You know, lions were no challenge for me anymore. I started taking on bears when they came looking for the sheep. There's a bear in there, you know, that sort of deal. And uh, not anymore. Well, he is, but he's dead. And so David took all of this passion and all of these abilities and, 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 and said that I'll, I'll take on the assignment, believing that God was with him. So David, itty-bitty kid, steps out in front of the army of Israel and, and says to Goliath, you come at me with a sword and a spear and a battle axe. I come at you in the name of the God of the angel armies, the God of Israel's troops, whom you curse and mock. Now, last week, I made it very clear that David's very particular set of skills when it came to combat was a slingshot. Not a, not a one that, you know, with the bing, you know, all the the little uh, big pen with a spitball in it that we used to use at school when people still use pens at school. But, um, but this kind of, uh, you know, pouch thing that you, that would actually they got to where it would spin, like the best uh, slingers, as they were called, could spin that thing six to seven times a second, get that much RPM going, and then, bam, uh, unleash the little uh, the, the stone in there. And so David was a slinger. He was, he was great at that. And the army would have slingers, and they'd deal you know, with the archers. Uh, they were the artillerymen, and they could actually take you on at a range, mid-range combat. Goliath, on the other hand, his speciality, he was an infantryman, his speciality was, was close combat. Uh, swords and, and, and spears and a battle axe. And, and one of the things that David used to defeat Goliath was, was used his very particular set of skills. The fact that he was a slinger and that he could actually hit Goliath before Goliath was even in range, in Goliath's preferred range, to take on David. And uh, that's why we made the point that your approach matters. That if David had tried to take Goliath on in close-up close uh, combat, actually this story would have probably gone the other way because that wasn't David's speciality. So we talked about your approach matters. Now, 
I deliberately taught that last week to make the point that we can't, when it comes to fulfilling our destiny, we can't say that the fulfillment of our destiny is all about God. And I said that last week, and some people thought that was going to be the last sermon I ever preached. Oh, I remember when Mark Pomery preached his last ever message, and, and then they never let him preach again. Oh, really? Why was that? Well, he said that, that it's not all about God. He did? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, but he... Yes, I did. But I didn't finish the message there. And uh, part B is today as well. One of the things that happens is when we think everything is all about God, that we can make excuses that nothing depends on us. The problem with that approach is we won't prepare. Well, I don't need to prepare. God's got this. No, you do need to prepare. Go back and listen to the last three, four weeks of teaching from David. He was very prepared to be used by God, but he was very prepared. God was very prepared, but God kind of can do it all already. But David didn't lack preparation. Lack of planning. Ah, you know, God will just make it happen and how he wants it. Not necessarily. Big gamble if you're done. And another thing that if we think it's all about God is, is it's an excuse for sloppy execution. Well, it doesn't matter how you do it because God's going to win anyway. Well, no, sometimes you won't reach, fulfill your destiny because you didn't actually execute the assignment very well. And the devil ate you for lunch. Having said all of that, I'm not... I'm saying it's not all about God, but nor am I saying fulfilling our destiny is all about us. Capiche? In fact... I'll say it this way, I think there's two sides to the same coin. And on one side of the coin is, is, is our approach matters. The other side of the coin is what I want to call advantage. That when we go into battle, when we pursue God's assignment, when we look to fulfill our destiny, we actually carry with us an advantage. And looking at this excerpt from the life of David, David's advantage was both his approach and the fact that he had God on his side. He said to Goliath, you come at me with a sword and a spear and a battle axe, insert brackets, I come at you with, with a slingshot, and I come at you in the name of God of the angel armies. See, David wasn't only fighting for himself, he was motivated to win this battle for God's glory. He also wasn't fighting by himself. He recognized that he had an advantage because he had God on his side. And I want to strongly encourage you as you pursue God's destiny, God's best, God's victory in 2015, fight for a motive bigger than yourself and fight with a power greater than yourself as you tackle this year. Because here's the truth. Just like Goliath came at David, life comes at us. Has anyone experienced life coming at you ever? 
And I say this all the time. If someone tells you that follow Jesus and you'll never have any problems, ask for your money back because it's not true. The devil attacks what God anoints. This year, some health issues might come at you. I hope they don't, but they might. I can't promise you they won't. This year, some people might come at you. Workplace challenges, relational issues, challenges with your kids. Some people might come at you. This year, some bills might come at you. Last August here, we spent three weeks uh, learning from one of the leading uh, financial tutors in, in the world, a guy named Dave Ramsey. And uh, Dave Ramsey, it was just, it was incredible. It was transforming. Well, it wasn't transforming. It, it, it had the potential to be transforming if we did something with it. I mean, the video was just a 30-minute video. It wasn't transforming at all. If, you'd, if any of us had left here and didn't act on it, well, Thankfully, I know a number of you did because you told me, and, and, and we include ourselves in the people who acted on this. One of the things he talked about was a, a, a lesson from the book of Proverbs, which says that the, 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 the borrower is a servant to the lender. This idea that, that if we're in debt, that the person that's lent us the money, they actually control our lives when it comes to the freedom to make financial choices. We become a slave to MasterCard. That's why it's called MasterCard. And, and so he put out the challenge, a biblical perspective, that God's best is for us to live financially free, to actually live debt-free. Debt is common, but it's not normal. And then he gave a plan, actually a plan, because hope is not a strategy. Don't hope to get out of debt. Put steps into place to get out of debt. And he has baby steps. And one of his baby steps, he calls the debt snowball. Now, I don't have time to unpack all of that. Go to Dave Ramsey with an E, Ramsey.com. Look at it for yourself. If you're in debt, highly recommend it. We are carrying some debt. So we decided to put into play back in August, Dave Ramsey's debt snowball. A number of you did too, right? How many of you uh, joined Louie and I in, 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 in the fight to get out of debt when you were here for that, for that time? Fantastic. Well done. Well, guess what? The devil will attack what God anoints. God gave us the assignment to get out of debt, live financially free. And uh, the devil is ready to start, you know, throwing some bills at us. And uh, we've, but we've been making good progress on our debt snowball, by the way, since August. Really good progress. Listed all of our debts, highest to lowest. Uh, and then I keep a weekly tally to, to, so we can remind ourselves of our progress and celebrate the milestones. Sell it, you know, uh, we cut up the credit cards anyway, but just you know, when we cut up the last bill, uh, have a you know, bonfire with that. It's fantastic. And, uh, and, uh, but, but then uh, beginning of January this year, um, Louis' car s- stopped working. And, you know, cars are designed to, like, go forward, and hers wouldn't. So that was a problem. And so, so she took it to the mechanic, and, um, and they quoted her a lot of money. And then being Italian, she's kind of shifty, so she was able to kind of move some things around and do some deals. I just stay out, you know. I'm just like, just send me the bill. And uh, anyway, the bill came, and... Uh, 
yeah, it, 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 it slowed our progress down. Um, interestingly, Pete and Carlene, at the very same time, they ha- had uh, some issues with their car, and they got a whopping bill. And, and about two weeks ago, Pete and I uh, connected, and, and we, we, we had a kind of a, you know, a bill-comparing standoff. And, uh, and I won. We, we got the biggest bill. Pete's was only a measly $1,200. And even despite Louis' incredible powers of negotiation and law-breaking, she could only get it down to $1,700. So we won. And I'm like, take that, good olds. And I'm like, hold on a second. That's not the sort of battle you want to win. <laughs> so that's slowed us down. Hold that thought. Opposition, however, doesn't prevent the power of God working in your life. Opposition provides an opportunity to prove the power of God is at work in your life. Because if it was easy and if it was all about us, then not only wouldn't we need God, but we couldn't give him the credit. We'd just go, When it's too much for us, when, when, it's, when, it, when, 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 when opposition comes against us and when we know the only way we're going to win this battle is if we go into this with our advantage that God's on our side and don't do this in our own strength. Yes, our, our approach matters, but we don't just do it for ourselves, nor do we fight the battle by ourselves. Then that, when we get the victory, God gets the glory because it's only him that can be explained as to why we won in the first place. All right? So, launching into 2015, what's coming at you? That's my question. What's coming at you? Let me couple that with an announcement. Whatever's coming at you, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have an advantage. Following Jesus is like taking a tank to a knife fight. That's not a knife. This is a knife. Yeah, well, this is a flipping tank. Oh, it's going to be in Crocodile Dundee 14, that line. The question isn't whether we have an advantage. The question is actually whether we act on our advantage because the whole nation of Israel had, the whole army of Israel had the same advantage as David. If the advantage is having God on your side, they had the same advantage. And whereas David yelled back at Goliath, you come at me with a sword and a spear and a battle axe, mate, I come at you with the God of the angel armies. Well, the whole flipping army could have been yelling that back at Goliath. Sword, spear, battle axe, mate, we come at you with the God of the angel. They had the same advantage as David. In fact, I like to even suggest they had a greater advantage because they had slingers in their army who were trained in boot camp by professional instructors who were actually older, more experienced, equipped for the task, more than David even was, and yet none of them... It's not because they didn't have the advantage. It's because they didn't act on the advantage that they had. So the question isn't just whether or not we have an advantage, though we do. 
The question, the issue is whether in 2015 you're going to act on the advantage that God has given you to accomplish your assignment. And I'm glad you're here this morning. I'm glad you listened to this this morning because we talked in the second week of this series about ability. And, 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 and as I just mentioned, David probably didn't have the most ability of all the slingers that he was lining up next to and stood out in front of. But he had, and he didn't have more of an advantage, but what he had was a greater awareness of his advantage, and a willingness to act on his advantage. And for you, in 2015, as a follower of Jesus, the good news is, you don't actually need a greater advantage with the stuff that's coming at you. What you need is a greater awareness of your advantage as you approach the stuff that's coming at you. You follow let me, let me keep reading. This is a big chunk. Let me put it on the screens so you can follow along. I'll try and get all the words in the right order. Um, this is, this is, the, this is the, the, the continuation of the story. Oh, and this is, this is where the story, this is the part of the story that, that like in Elevate Kids, they, 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 they stop the story just before this part because this moves beyond PG, right? Just so you know. So that is how David beat the Philistine with a sling and a stone. He hit him and killed him. No sword for David. Huh. Okay, great. Okay, okay, kids. All right. You can all go home now. Great to have you here, kids. Okay, but now the adults, we get to read the rest of the story. All right. Then David ran up to the Philistine and stood over him, pulled the giant's sword from its sheath and finished the job. Underline those three words. Finished the job by cutting off his head. When the Philistines saw that their great champion was dead, they scattered, running for their lives. The men of Israel and Judah were up on their feet shouting, Hey! You know, pretty typical. David did all the heavy lifting. Hey! How good are we? Yeah, right. But you know what? By the way, I'll just insert this as a little bit of a sidebar. Sometimes God will actually use you to spearhead a victory that he's actually destined for a greater group than just you. And what an incredible privilege that is. Why isn't anybody else working as hard as me? Why isn't anybody else running into the headwind as as much as me? Why isn't anybody else taking on so much responsibility as I am? You know what? David didn't bother asking any of those questions. He just got it done. And because he was prepared to do what others weren't prepared to do, a whole nation was blessed. But actually, do you read the names of any of the other soldiers in that little part? No. But we read about David. Anyway, you probably would have figured that out for yourself. Pretty smart. The men of Israel and Judah were up on their feet shouting, they chased the Philistines all the way to the outskirts of Gath and the gates of Akron. Wounded Philistines were strewn among the road and all the way to Gath and Zach Ephron. After chasing the Philistines, the Israelites came back and looted their camp. David took the Philistine's head. I mean, it's like, yeah, gross. But like, it's, you know, like there weren't medals then. That was the trophy. 
and brought it to Jerusalem. But the giant's weapons he placed in his own tent. I want you to underline that as well. When Saul saw David go out to meet the Philistines, he said to Abner, commander of the army, tell me about this young man's family. Abner said, for life of me, O king, I don't know. It's good to have great lieutenants around you who are stupid. No. No. Sound like a teenager. No. The king said, well, flip and find out. Oh. As soon as David came back from killing the Philistine, Abner brought him. And the Philistine's head's still in his hand. <laughs> I love it, man. I don't work hard for this. I ain't letting go. Straight to Saul. And Saul asked him, young man, whose son are you? Oh, I'm the son of your servant, Jesse. Duh, I'm the guy that's been playing music for you for the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. I thought I recognized you, said David. The one who lives in Bethlehem. All right. What's the time? Oh, don't worry about the time. It's, it's not important. We're leaving David behind this week. I want to make sure we get the most out of him. Uh, David had slung a stone and knocked down Goliath. In fact, let me, let me back the truck up a little bit further. For 40 days prior to that, the Israelite army were happy to just to still be alive. Like Goliath hadn't come running towards them. Every day they were like, phew. Not a very lofty goal. Survival. What's your, what's your goal for 2015? My goal is just, I uh, hope I don't die. Okay, well, I hope you don't either, but like, is that it? David took it a step further. He, he was happy to take Saul down. We, we finished that last week. But, but, but what's important to understand is actually even at that point where Goliath was, was on the ground, David was a distance from him having slung a stone at his head and knocked him down. That wasn't enough for David. And I want to charge you with this idea going into 2015. Don't settle for tolerating what God's called you to conquer. Yeah, you might have some stuff coming at you this year that, that, that won't be fatal, that might not cause you to die, but is it God's best? And if it's not, don't tolerate what God's called you to conquer. David, having knocked Goliath out, that wasn't enough for him because it wasn't about tolerating. It wasn't about survival. It was about conquering. So the first thing that David did was run to Goliath, pull Goliath's sword out, love that, and, uh, and, and cut off his head. And the writer said he finished the job. Now I'll wheel back to the debt snowball idea. Some of you that joined Louis and I in the idea to pursue financial freedom, finish the job. If you've still got debt and you're still working your way through your debts towards financial freedom, guess what? It's not going to happen unless you're committed to finish the job. Don't tolerate what God's called you to conquer. I know some people who have chosen to follow Jesus and they think that the job's done. 
Well, I'm just happy I'm not going to hell anymore. Well, I'm happy you're not going to hell as well. But if that's all you want, you might as well go to heaven now. Because you're unemployed. You're in the way. You're bad advertising. I'm the body of Christ and I never get off the couch. Well, go to heaven. Leave it to us, the ones who actually want to conquer stuff. Well, that sounds pretty harsh, Mark. Yeah, but Jesus didn't come just so we can escape hell. He came so we can eliminate what the enemy brings at us. Total victory. Don't simply play not to lose. Play to win. Eric, can you, uh, can you come back? I just want to show you one thing, and then, and then I want to show you just one more thing, and, and then you can uh, invoice me for, for the, the time I, I, I went over. Uh, we, we finished at 11.45, right? Can we go back, Eric? Uh, I'll tell you where. All right, that'll do. Uh, I just, you know, for some of us, we think we know the story, and for some of us, we think we know a lot about the Bible. You know, you never, God's always going to reveal more if we have hearts and minds open. Look at this. Uh, running for their lives. Blah, 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 blah. Gates of Ephron. Next one. Next one. Yep, very good. I like that dissolve. It's good. I like that. Um, okay. David took the Philistines' head and brought it to Jerusalem, but the giant's weapons he placed in his own tent. He, whose tent is he talking about? Now, again, this isn't for the sake of just more information. Trivial Pursuit Bible uh, champion. Uh, this actually uh, Goliath's tent because they're actually now in the camp of the Philistines. So David, <laughs> David wasn't simply content with stepping out in front of the gutless army of Israel and, and knocking Saul down with a, with a stone David wasn't simply content in going up to Saul, grabbing, I mean, uh, Goliath, grabbing Goliath's uh, uh, sword and, 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 and finishing the job by cutting off Goliath's head. David then went and took back territory from the enemy. He put Goliath's army, I mean, armor, in, in Goliath's tent. But actually, at this point, it wasn't Goliath's tent anymore. It was David's tent. And like a dog cocking his leg, he's marking his territory. With Goliath's armor. Which wasn't Goliath's armor anymore. It didn't fit David, but it's probably worth something on eBay. So he's putting it aside. Jesus hasn't just called us as the church to not lose. He's called us to play, to win, to take back territory, to take back lives, to take back destinies. 2015, our assignment is not just about us and whether we can have a great God story to tell in December. It's about who else can we take back? Who else can we take with us? Who else, who right now in our worlds, be it they parents, siblings, children, neighbors, Colleagues, bosses, who right now the devil is winning. Jesus don't want us just to tolerate that. He wants us to conquer, but total victory, take back territory. Oh, you mean this isn't just about us? No. I mean, yes, that's what I mean. 
That no, it's not just about us. This is about God and God's kingdom expanding. All right. Can I just show you one more thing? This is like for really for free. And I, oh yeah, we got half an hour. Uh, <laughs> David went into the battle without a sword and he came away with a sword. That's like the ultimate devil, you know, flip the bird kind of moment. Because what the devil was hoping to use to eliminate David, David actually now used the very same weapon to finish his assignment. See, some of what's coming at you in 2015, actually God's going to turn it around and you're going to use it to fulfill the assignment. Scotty Wheeler is one of the guys I was thinking about with this very uh, bit. Scotty Wheeler, um, visionary and prophet that he is, long before we, we taught from the Dave Ramsey stuff and, and, and about becoming financially free and, and, and going through the debt snowball, he'd already done that. He, he was in, in debt sometime before and he got the, the Dave Ramsey stuff and he put it into practice and, and he got out of debt. So when, when we did the Dave Ramsey thing, he's sitting back smoking Cuban cigars, which by the way are now legal and it makes the whole metaphor a little bit less appealing. But he's like, yeah, all right, old news, been there, done that. Well, but, but what, 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 what's been happening is for Scotty is God's been using the debt that the devil was trying to keep him under to actually he's now the poster boy that God's using to help other people. Finish the job. Flipping love there. Anyway, that's not the bonus bit. Well, it sort of is. <sighs> okay, Eric. 1 Samuel chapter 21. I'm going to actually fast forward 14 years later and finish the story. David, I'm going to miss you. Uh, okay, this is 14 years later after he, he's... I think he's probably let go of Goliath's head by now. I, I don't know, just, but I hope he has. Uh, David asked... Ahimelech, he's uh, one of the dudes, heavyweights, priest um, in the temple at the time. Do you have, uh, so, so, so at this point, David's now kind of got his own posse, his own kind of army, and he's going out. He's actually running from Saul, the king, because Saul wasn't happy with David. And then he's actually trying to continue to take more uh, territory back for God. Do you have a spear or a sword of any kind around here? I didn't, I didn't have a chance to, to grab my weapons. The king's mission was urgent and, and, and I left in a hurry. And the priest said, well, the sword of Goliath, the Philistine you killed in, at Oak Valley, uh, that's here. Spine the ephod wrapped in a cloth. If you want it, take it. Past victories will equip you for future assignments. 2015 isn't just about 2015 for us. 2015 is, who knows? And, and you know, because you can look back to victories you've had 10 years ago that cause you to be more equipped for the stuff that you have coming at you now, right? That's just a bonus thought. I'm going to ask one more question. We finish up. Uh, it's a question we ask every week, and the question is simply whether you are following Jesus. You know, I've, I've said that if you're following Jesus, you have an advantage. Well, the, the question is, are you following Jesus? Are you someone who's put your trust and faith in him? And if you haven't, we're going to give you an opportunity right now to do that. And what I'm asking for those of you that have not yet said yes to following Jesus, to putting your trust in him, I just want you to slip your hand up 
in a moment, real quickly, just slip your hand up. When I see your hand, you can put it down, and then we're going to pray. But putting your hand up, you're saying, God, that's me. I'm in. I want to start following Jesus from today. And when I see your hand, you can put it down. So just really quickly, last thing I'm doing this morning, if you haven't yet made a decision to follow Jesus, put your hand up. When I see your hand, you can put it down, and then we're going to pray. Just looking real quickly. I don't want to miss anybody.